Hey guys, welcome to season three, episode six of Business Shit. I am your girl Mimi G and today's topic is get your money right. And I am so excited because I have a very special guest today, Tiffany Alicia, aka the Bajanista. Listen, I was trying to put together a quick little bio to read. But it's a lot of shit, so I'm just going to like give you the highlights. So Tiffany is an award-winning teacher of financial education, and it says quickly becoming America's favorite personal finance expert, but she already is. She has made it her mission to empower women, which she does, and provide them with access to the tools and resources needed to create a better life for themselves and their families. She also blogs about her personal finance uh, on personal finance for the Huffington Post and of course her Budgetista blog. She co-hosts an award-winning podcast called Brown Ambition and has an online school, the Live Richer Academy, that teaches women how to create, implement, and automate their own personalized financial freedom plan. Yo, I could barely breathe. And that was like a sentence, like a paragraph from her bio. Tiffany, aka the Budgetista, welcome to the podcast, girl. Thank you, Mimi. <laughs> I'm so excited that you are on here with us today because people need to get their money right. Okay. And that is what you do. So first, so we met how about four years ago, huh? Yes, we did. So we, Tiffany and I met at this event called Release the Chains or something like that. You remember, girl? Girl, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Let me not be shady. <laughs> we was talking at and I remember sitting there and and the host was like stressed out some people people were stressed out girl because you was running late and I, I, was, <laughs> I was like who running late the next speaker who Tiffany who so I'm sitting in the back and all of a sudden Tiffany come in and she take over this whole stage and then while you up there you mentioned my name and I was like she know me <laughs> I was so excited <laughs> We went to dinner and we, yeah. you know, we went and had sushi and we was talking and you told me that you said, listen, I agreed to do this because I found out you were speaking. Mm -hmm. And then I don't know how it came up, but we started talking about getting paid to speak. And you was yeah. like, what? They paid you? <laughs> and I was, I, like, mean, I, was <laughs> I was like, ooh, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> it's all right, now. Okay, she's like, oh, that won't be me again. I best <laughs> believe that. Right? Oh, my goodness. But we became friends and, and have known each other since then. And you've even spoken at some of my other events. So, yeah, so fun. Listen, I'm super excited. So I have a ton of questions for you, but really, I just want it to be a natural conversation. So the reason that I want to have you come on is because in season one of episode three of the podcast, I did an episode called, uh, called stop talking about you broke. And I was talking mm. about, I was sort of breaking down how we need to change our relationship and thoughts about money. And that many times that those thoughts and behaviors are handed down from our parents, our communities, our partners, et cetera. And so I know that that's one of the things that you really work on. And I, I believe in your story, you said that in your family, you guys actually did talk about money, right? Yeah, we did, but not in a negative way. It wasn't like the traditional household where it was like, we ain't got it, right. you know? <laughs> That's not what, so I was fortunate that 
my dad was my dad was a CFO and an accountant. Mm. So a CFO is a chief financial officer for those of you who didn't know. Right. Um, for like a small nonprofit. And so he and my mom, I'm one of five girls. So my mom was really in charge of like, what does money look like in real life? So my dad would sit down and teach us, this is how you budget, this is how you save, this is how you like do the plan on paper. And she would make that paper come to life because we would food shop with her clothes, you know, back to school shop with her. And like, oh, watching her navigate with the budget. Mm. And, um, but I never, I didn't grow up afraid of money. I didn't grow up, even though we didn't have money, quite honestly, but the way my parents presented it, it was more matter of fact and not like, we don't have it. This is a bad thing. <laughs> it was like, this is how we manage, you know, like, Hey, like, I remember wanting like for a bike for my birthday. And my dad was like, well, let me show you what me and mommy make every month. And let me show you what we pay out every month. And let me show you what's wow. left and what we you know, what we normally do with left. And then, so it wasn't, he didn't tell me I couldn't get a bike. He said, this is what's left. So we save some of this, we put some here. So this is your budget for the bike. So it was, you can get the thing within these parameters. So like I said, it, that doesn't, that didn't make me feel bad. It made me feel empowered. Like, okay, now I know right. I can get a bike as long as it's under this amount of money. Right. And see, I think a lot of people grow up the way that I did, where it was like, we ain't got it. Like even yeah. I have, you know, I've been able to change that now um, because I know better. And so I do better. But when the when my two olders were little and they would be like, Mom, can we have McDonald's? I'd be like, you got McDonald's money. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because that's that's how I grew up, not having it. Not, you know, I thank goodness that over the last several years I've learned so you know so much about money and finances but my credit you know early on was shit like you know I I didn't know how to manage but I didn't even know how to write you know checks and balance checkbooks because that stuff I just never learned and so that sort of leads me to like the next the first question is like what do you think are like the number one roadblocks when it comes to our and when I say our specifically like the black and brown communities relationship to money Number one roadblock is mindset for real, for real. So I was looking at the statistic. I was reading like some, um, it's like um, the survey that Prudential did. It was really interesting because in the survey they found that black and brown people, their number one goal for their finances was to become debt free. Now you might be like, okay, what's wrong with that? Right. But the number one, right? The number one goal for everyone else in the country was to grow well. You see that distinction? Uh, that black and brown people historically have associated wealth with debt freedom. That ain't true. Right. Let me tell you who's debt free. My four-year-old nephew, Roman. Roman's debt free. He's still broke, though. That's all we said, right? Roman ain't right. money, you know? <laughs> and so if we continue to just focus on debt freedom, that's all we'll ever get. That is not the same as growing wealth. And right. wealth is what allows us to raise our kids the way we want. Wealth is what allows us to, to, to buy homes and to pass on legacy. And so if we don't start focusing on wealth, then we will never have it. And that you truly do, you really truly do um, what you think about and what you, is what you bring about. Right. And so what I'm trying to get people to see is that like, if you take care of wealth, you will have enough to also achieve that freedom. Right, right. So, you know, it's really interesting because I think that that's one of the things that I see most often is because people have these negative sort of relationships to money and don't really have the experience of being able to, you know, know what budgeting is or saving is because, you know, when you work a nine to five job and you don't have 
extra money? How do you save? Like, yeah. how, how do we get people to understand that or to even take small steps in that direction? Well, first things first is really looking at your life. Oftentimes, that you either have one or two issues if you don't have money left over at the end of the month. You either have a don't make enough issue mm -hmm. or you have a spend too much issue. You know, and sometimes people have a mix of the two. But typically, people lean heavily in one way or the other. So the key is to first identify what's the true problem. Do I have a don't make enough problem or I spend too much problem? Here's how you know. You do your budget. You list all of your expenses. And you tell yourself, like, okay, this is what I spend on average a month on these things, right? So the expenses are not just your bills. It's grooming. It's going out. It's groceries. It's all the things. If you're not sure, pull up your, your debit card um, statement or your credit card statement. They know. Okay? <laughs> so, and then I want you to put down a B next to all of the bills. So, like, uh, like, if you pull up your statement or you pull up that paper that I told you to write, I like to call that paper your money list, where it's like, Nails, hair, groceries, uh, rent, mortgage, uh, car note, car insurance, all of that. So put a B next to all the bills. And you know it's a bill because it is, if you typically you would get like a, it, we don't, people don't tend to get paper bills anymore, but you would get like a, a coupon thing in the mail. If you, if you would get something in the mail for that, or if you don't pay it, it's going to be a problem. That's a bill. Right. So put a, right, put a B next to all those. Right? right. And so right, everything else, you're going to put a C next to. So a C is what I call, that's the difference between these kind of fixed, 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 well, they're not always fixed, not all bills are fixed, but your bill expenses and your cash expenses. Cash expenses are the, where you have the most control. Now that you have your, your, your expenses split into two different categories, B for bills, C for cash, what do you have more of? If you have more Bs and you don't have enough money at the end of the month, you likely have a don't make enough issue. Because most of your money is actually going toward your responsibility, right? If you have more C's, those are your cash expenses. Those are typically like hair, groceries, um, grooming, going out, um, mm -hmm. anything that's not a bill, then you have a spend too much issue if you don't have enough money at the end of the month. So right. it's important to understand like what issue that you have so you can address that. Because if you have a spend too much issue, then let's look at your budget and cut down on some of those expenses. And right. if you have a don't make enough issue, do you need to side hustle? Do you need to go to work and say, hey, you know, this is what I bring to the table. I'm asking for a raise. What does that look like? Right. So identifying where you are and attacking that solution. Because what I find is this, uh, Mimi, that people who have a don't make enough issue, um, they will start to try to make themselves spend less. It's like you don't have a spend less issue, mama. You're a preschool teacher with three kids. You can't spend any less. Right. So now the baby's not going to get baloney. Right. <laughs> Like, we're not doing that. So people will focus on the wrong thing. It's like, no, you need to learn to make more. That's what your issue is. Right, right. So what's funny is, do you think real talk that a lot of times the issue is that they maybe make enough money, but they spending too much? Oftentimes, but not, not always, but oftentimes that is the issue. Because I don't think that I really understood that until I started to track it. Because I think it's easy for you not to realize that you're maybe buying too many fucking Starbucks that month. You know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> and unless yes. you're tracking it, you don't really see it. And and I think that's where, like, all this money at the end of the month, you're like, I don't have no money. And I'm like, well, what really, what did you spend it on? Like, what did you yeah. buy? Do you know? You know, I'm having that sort of a little bit of, a, of that issue with getting my my 
oldest daughter to understand that over the last year she's done better, but you know, she's self-employed. And so Mm. I'm like, listen, (laughs) the very first thing you got to do is track everything because you cannot budget properly for yourself or your business unless you know what's going in, what's coming in and what's going out. Yeah. So I'll say this. So for some people who are like, oh, they're not ready for tracking. Here is a, this is how you could dip your baby toe, baby pinky toe into tracking and getting yourself together. Right. So one of the things that I do to kind of introduce people to that, because it could be a lot. They're like, they're not trying to carry about their little notebook to track. But what I say is this then, I need you to separate to see. Right? It's not just mm. relationship. Sometimes you need to separate yourself. Me and me, me now. Right. Sometimes you need to separate yourself. Separate okay. yourself. Yes. Like, right? There's a there's a word on, on today, right? So <laughs> so sometimes when it comes to your finances, we'll always like, you need to separate the feet. So what that means is as money comes in, you're going to begin to separate it. Most of your all of your money should really land in what I like to call your deposit account. That is the second account you likely already have right now that's attached to your debit card. That is the first separation. It leaves wherever, whoever's paying you and lands into that account. Second separation is somebody should go get separated into your bills account. You should be adding up how much your bills are a month and you should have a separate checking account, not attached to a debit card, into your bills. And, put, and, and that's what you're wanting to put your bill money. The reason why you don't want to attach to the debit card is you don't want to, quote, unquote, accidentally swipe. You know, mm-hmm. right, and, pay your, and use your bill money. And then the third separation is separation into savings accounts. And so what that is, is you have you can already decide ahead of time based upon your budget, I really want to save 200 bucks a month. So you can pull that money out every month, um, $100 a paycheck or however you want to do the math, but separate that money into your um, savings account. So here's what's so great, that what's left in your deposit slash spending account is what you can spend. Because the money has come in, the bill money is gone, the savings is gone, What's left is your spending. And you can't swipe your savings because you're going to put your savings in an online-only bank account. It's not going to be at your regular bank, mm-hmm. but an online-only bank account, like an ally bank, for example, right? And so you can go to magnifymoney.com to find the best bank, a bank that's FDIC insured, a bank that pays the highest interest rate, a bank that gives you, that's an A rating, has an A rating, and has a low required deposit. Those are the four components of the bank you're looking for. You can put your money there. Your bill money is separated. So what's left really is the money that you can swipe away. So what it will force you that you can't spend your bills, you can't spend your savings. So if you're not someone who's quite ready for tracking, what, you have, what you've effectively done is only left yourself with the money you can spend. You see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's like the beginning. Like, so if you're not quite ready for tracking, because you really should track, but I know not everyone's ready to like get an A plus in money yet. So right. this will allow you to get, a, get to a C plus by just leaving with what you're left to spend with. And that way, you know, when you swipe your money, you're like, you know what? My money on my debit card is gone, but guess what? Bills are paid and saving is saved. Right, 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 right. So, you know, when we met, you were doing the literature challenge. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I'm, this, I'm going off on a tangent now, but one of the things that I really loved when we first met is that we were like constant, like <laughs> energy. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. you should do this. Oh, no, you should do that. Oh, you should do this. Like, you know, like sometimes you need somebody to be like, I have a great idea. You should do this, too. You know, and so we've mm-hmm. that's sort of what inspired you did the Literature Academy and then I did Sew It Academy. But when we first met, you were doing the Literature Challenge. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, share a little bit about why you wanted to start that, what it's done over over time and then how Literature Academy uh, sort of came to be. 
Yeah, so with the Live Richer Challenge, what I wanted to do was I was already teaching financial education in person in New Jersey, and I was, because um, I wanted them to keep hiring me. So you have to make yourself valuable so people need you. <laughs> it was my first, I was broke, and it was my first um, contract. And I was like, ooh, like the classroom was looking real spicy. I don't know if they use spice in California, but that's what they say in Jersey sometimes, I can say. Classroom, that means like ain't nobody here looking real thin. I was like, there's no one in my class. And so that's because the United Way was doing all of the marketing. Mm. So I asked them, like, can I do the marketing myself to get people up to the class so you guys can continue to pay me? I didn't say that second part, but that was the class. <laughs> right, um, right. <laughs> and so they were like, sure, you can market. So I was marketing. Come to class, come to class, and it started to fill up. But because social media was starting to grow, it wasn't just people in New Jersey who were seeing the marketing. People all of a sudden in Utah, California, Florida, mm-hmm. I want to come, I want to come. And I thought, girl, do you want to work? You know, um, and I realized, huh, what if I took this class that I'm teaching in person, what if I took it online? Mm. And so I did, and I'd written this uh, six-week program for the United Way, and I brought it online, and I called it a Live Richer Challenge. Because I thought to myself, what is it that I want people to really do? And I wanted people to live a richer, fuller life. And so I called it a Live Richer Challenge, and my goal was to get 10,000 women signed up. So it took me a whole year. I didn't know nothing about truly like digital marketing. Right. Um, I could market organically, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have those skill sets. Plus I didn't have, I didn't even know if they did Facebook ads back then. Right. Um, maybe they did, but I didn't know about it. And so I, I marketed for a full year. It took me a full year to get 10,000 people signed up. And I walked them through step by step this online course totally free and it's still free. And the way it works is that every, for every challenge that I do, I break down each challenge by theme. So week one is always some sort of mindset theme. Week two is always some sort of like implementation. And week three is typically like, what does it actually look like in your life? And um, so we're, uh, we've now done five literature challenges. They're always free. It's my way to give back to the community. Um, and honestly, it's the thing I'm most proudest of mm-hmm. because over 800,000 women have done one or more of the challenges. We have saved well over $150 million collectively. Paid off like of over um, $100 million worth of debt. We bought homes. People have raised their net worth, send their kids to school. I mean, the challenge truly has been transformative in the lives of hundreds of thousands of, of women. And it's what led me to create my online school, the Literature um, Academy. Because I thought like, okay, there are some things that I don't know. So what if I could bring in experts who knew more than me in specific subject matters and if they could teach it? Right. Like how to start a business or how to do your taxes and how to retire early, how to buy real estate. And so that's why I started the Literature Academy as an offshoot to elevate beyond the challenge. You know, I, I think truly you have done something that has changed, is changing, continues to change people's lives, which, you know, I think that's one of the things where, you know, when people look at the success of others, it's often tied um, to something that they've done that really just wanted to help people. When people ask me all the time, well, how you started your blog? I just wanted to help people. I just wanted to help people learn to sew and, and, and feel good about the things that they were wearing and about their bodies and, you know, and all these things. And I think that when it's genuine, right, when you genuinely are doing something because you want to help people, especially Tiffany, when you don't see yourself represented in those areas, it makes a really big difference because prior to you, every time I thought about finances or financial uh, advisors and planners and, and educators, I never saw a young 
African-American woman <laughs> ever, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that that really resonates with people and, you know, and our audiences to be able to say, wait a minute, you know, maybe I grew up this way, but that doesn't mean that that was maybe the right way uh, of approaching things and, you know, and, and making a better life for myself now, you know? Yeah, and it's possible. We need representation. I, I think it's so easy when you are the dominant culture to say, well, what does it matter? Oh, you've been growing up between yourself your whole life. Your whole life. Like, when I was a kid, I like, I used to watch the Brady Bunch, and because I was, um, I'm the second born, I used to tell myself I was Jan, but I didn't have Jan hair. So, you know, I used to do, I used to put on, put a um, t-shirt on, on my head to pretend like I had hair like Jan because I didn't see myself. Right. So I assumed something must be wrong with me and the hair that I was born with because all I saw was this is what it looks like. This is what you're supposed to look like. So I, and I always felt like so many of us felt that there must be something wrong with brownness and blackness. And that's just not true. So I'm just loving that there is more representation. Like, you know, like our, our you know, my, my mom uh, shows and my grandma sewed. Mm -hmm. But when you saw sewing on, like in, in the public, it didn't look like us. Right. You know? Right. And then here you go fly. And you're like, wait, you would be flying yourself. <laughs> you know, it's important that like people, you know, like us step out to show that like, you know, that I, you're not the only one. You're interested in this thing that might not quote unquote be typical of your culture. But you'd be surprised at how many people are, are you know, are, are in alignment with what you are, what you enjoy or what you want to learn. So, right. yeah, I love, you know, being able to bring, you know, uh, personal finance with a little sister girl flavor. Because, you know, we can talk that talk, right? <laughs> and so, like, I'm going to teach you how to budget. I'm also going to be like, girl, now you right. right, now you're right? tripping. <laughs> now you know you're tripping. <laughs> exactly, right? And that's what you need to hear. You need to be like these cultural references. It's like, oh, okay, Tiffany, I see you. Like, you right. can see sometimes I'll do a post on Instagram and I love well, I'll be like, you know, like, you know, you're not supposed to co-sign because if that person does not pay, it's your responsibility too. And people be like, girl, mind your business with a smiley face, you know, like, who's she talking right. to me? And I love that. You know, I love that because sisters are like, finally, like realizing that like personal finance is not just for them. It's for you too, mama. Like you right. can grow well, you know, you can be financially responsive, responsible. There are places, safe spaces you can go where you're not by yourself. That's why I started um, uh, Dream Catchers. You know, like we're like the beehive of personal mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm. Right? And so we have like that Facebook group of Dream Catchers, Live Richer with the Budget Needs. And there, it's 450,000 women, 24 hours a day, helping each other out. And I love it. That's crazy amazing. Like, <laughs> it's really amazing. So do you think that um, people have a hard time thinking that they can do certain things because they don't have money or extra money or, you know, like for example, investing, like, do you have to have money to start making investments towards your future or retirement? I think that people think they have to have more than more than what they actually have to have. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. I think that people think they can't start with $10 a month. Who said Right. You know, you know, and that's just not true. Like if you don't do anything else, like I've been preaching this like the fall for the last couple of years, something called a target date fund. So you can get a target date fund that is a retirement account, or you can get a target date fund that's just like what I call a wealth building account. And so that just means an account that you're, it's a place that you're investing that's not for retirement. And so what a target date fund is, is that 
you pick your target date that you want to withdraw this money. And sometimes the target date is retirement. And sometimes it might be for a wedding. People do a target date fund for a wedding or for college. Mm. So target date funds usually are every five years. So it'll be like, um, you could pick like, oh, I'm going to retire in 2000 and say 2050, 51. So you pick your target date fund for 2055 or 2050. 2060, so every five years you can pick what date that you want your target date fund to mature. Mm. What's so great about a target date fund is that many times you don't know what to invest in. That's the biggest reason why people don't. You don't have to know what a target date fund is because a target date fund typically is a mutual fund. A mutual fund is a collection of investments, so stocks and bonds. So you might have some Dell computer and some Apple and some Walmart and some Target. All these things you don't know which one to buy. You ain't got to know. Target date fund, though, right? And so it'll put all of that in there for you. And what's really important about target date fund is that it does something called rebalancing. And so what that means is that the closer you get to your target date, the more conservative and, quote, unquote, safer your investment should become. My dad is in his 70s. He don't need to be in a whole bunch of stocks. Stocks are volatile. <laughs> Right? So, because of stocks, we all hear the, oh, the stock market is up. Stock market is down. It's up, it's down. And so, if you are invested heavily in stocks, your money, in just in stocks, your money is going to be going up and down and up and down, and it might go down at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. So, his target date fund would actually have him more invested in, um, in things like bonds. So, bonds are a little bit safer, and they allow for him, like, they protect what they call your capital, which is like the money that you have invested. And so with a target date fund, every year, it, you normally would have to rebalance yourself, meaning like take somebody out of stock, put somebody in the box, take somebody out of stock. But you don't have to do that with a target date fund. It does it for you automatically. Your only job is to either put a lump sum of money every year. You can put money every month. Mm-hmm. So it's like a savings account. So you might start a target date fund just you put $10 a paycheck in there. And then right. you make a little bit more money than $50 paycheck. So once you open it, you're not going to do nothing else but put your money in there when you see fit. And it's like the best way to start investing. So if you don't do nothing else today, right. like, so there are companies like Vanguard, um, um, Charles Schwab, Fidelity, they all have target date funds. And what makes the target date fund um, special is that it's also very low fees. Mm. So there's something called an expense ratio. That is the fee that they're charging you for managing your target date fund. Now, if you were to see a financial advisor or planner, which is nothing wrong with that, they're going to charge you typically at minimum 1% of the money you've invested with them, if that's how they're getting paid. That means if you have $100 invested with that financial planner or advisor, they're going to take a dollar from your investment for their fee. A target date fund, like I think like I last checked, um, like I think Vanguard, whatever, it was like 0.09%, meaning not 1%, but like a piece of a piece of a penny. Wow. So that's great. Yeah. That means something that your, your financial advisor or planner is likely doing anyway, you get to do it, but for one-tenth the cost. Mm. And so that's why I preach about target date funds. So no excuses not to invest. Target date funds are your friends. Okay. Right. And that means that when tax time hit and you get your little refund, put that shit <clears> in what <throat> Tiffany just said, instead of buying a new car, a new bag, yeah. or some old bullshit that ain't going to yeah. be worth nothing once it gets to your door. You know what yeah, I'm I love that. That's a great, so even if you're like, well, I can't afford it every month. Maybe it's right. Well, with your tax refund, 
He put his target date fund. He do that every year. You will, in 10 years from now, you're going to be like, oh, my God. Thank God. I'm in such a better space because I had to stand on target date fund. I'm glad I listened. Right. And I, and I think that that is what makes what you do so important because I think it lets people know that you can come out of whatever situation you're in if you're smart, if you make better choices uh, than yeah. the ones that, that, you know, we find ourselves making. Because to be quite honest, when I used to get that refund check, I'd be like, oh, I waited all year. I'm buy all the shit I couldn't buy throughout <laughs> the year. You know what I'm saying? But had mm-hmm. I known that instead I could take this money and put it somewhere that's going to work for me, <laughs> girl, I'd be, I'd be done. Right? I'd be retired in the Bahamas. By for myself. real. Honestly, if I could like talk to 19 year old Tiffany, I would be like, girl, all of her ear, girl, 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 right? Like, for real, like, it would be a different life for me now. And, and you, the thing is, the earlier you start, the less you have to put up. Right. So you need to be in your baby's ear, mm. right? Like, so you have kids, like, I need you to put that $10 a month up. And they, if, you, if, they, if they start that now, by the time that they're your age, it's going to be a different life for them. I wish I, I mean, I, and I was doing better than most, but I wish I knew all that I knew now. Because I, quite honestly, I, I'm, well, I already have, like, I'll call myself a baby millionaire. Right. Right. And, right. So don't, don't let me fool you. She is too, if she hasn't said it already. Okay. Right. And so, uh, <laughs> right. But I would have been a baby millionaire much sooner. Right. And, right. you know, without sooner. having to start. Yeah. And because here's the thing. So me and Mimi are baby, right. And big girl millionaires. But I mean, if that's because of the businesses we started, you don't have to start some big successful business to be a baby millionaire if you start as soon as you can with this target date fund. Right. So that's what that's what I want to impress upon you that you don't have to have some big old business in order to be okay financially. That's just not true. Yeah. You know that if you make choices now for your future, you can be you can be a school teacher and still be good. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a lot, a lot of free resources on your site. So you guys, if you want to go to the there's a lot of information. Uh, I mean, besides the live richer challenge and then the live richer Academy, but, um, you, you mentioned about starting really young. And so that's going to, that's leading me to the next thing I wanted to say was a big congratulations to you. And please tell us about Molly Moore. Oh my gosh. I am so excited. <laughs> I don't know if they can see. It looks like my screen froze, but if they can't see, I'm holding up. I'm holding up my picture of Molly Moore. So I decided, like when I was, I used to be a preschool teacher for over ten years um, before I started the Bachelorette. And um, I taught in the hood, and parents would ask me, "Let me hold something," and then the kids would be like, "Miss Cindy, can you buy me?" And so I thought, well, what's a great way to teach kids age-appropriate financial education lessons so they can grow up to be more responsible? Try to make up stories for them because if you have children between the age of three and seven, a great way to teach a lesson is to teach it to another character. Mm-hmm. So they can judge the character. You can be like, that's you. You over here judging um, Arthur. That's you, Boo Boo. You, you are Arthur. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, um, so as I was telling those stories, I told myself one day I would love to turn these stories into an actual book. And I finally, after 10,000 projects later, got around to it. And I wrote my first of many children's books, Happy Birthday, Molly Moore. And it's about this little girl. Oh, you, you got applauses. You got applauses. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we got some sound effects up in here. <laughs> and so Molly Moore is going to be teaching uh, pre-financial education lessons like math and counting and numbers, but also service and community and donating and sharing and giving. Less versus more. 
rhyming. These are all pre-financial education lessons. And in her first book, Happy Birthday, Molly Moore, it's her birthday. In the beginning, she's excited about her family and friends coming until the presents get there, and she makes the presents a priority until she realizes that, hmm, I have all these presents, and so much so that I've not left any place for my family and friends to feel comfortable, so they've gone outside. And now that it's time to blow out my candle, I'm in here alone. So what does more truly mean if she has to make a decision on what she's going to do? Mm. And at the back of every book, I also show, um, I share some financial lessons that parents can can teach their children. So lessons and um, and uh, activities that you can do to extend the lesson. So I'm so proud of it. Um, I, I recently, we, we did a Kickstarter for it because I want to give um, free books away to children in low-income communities. And I also want to hire some teachers to write additional financial education lessons that I can then give away for free. And the Kickstarter is almost completely funded. We're like, if you're, you know, if you listen to this a year from now, we do right. listen to it now. You if you're listening go right on. now, the link is in <laughs> the show ahead. notes. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, go on ahead to mollymore.com. And her name is Molly, M-A-L-I, M-O-R-E. And uh, for people like, Molly, what black girl's name Molly? I'm like, M-A, M-A, M-A-L-I, right? Um, and so, but that's even just our website. So, like, even if it doesn't point to Kickstarter, like, five years from now, M-A-L-I-M-O-R-E.com will take you to, to get a book. And honestly, I'm so proud of it. It's just, it just feels magical, like, to have, like, this little girl that, like, I know is going to teach other little girls about personal finance, but in a way that's age-appropriate. And then you as a parent or a teacher or an auntie, grandmother, whatever, that you have the opportunity to teach a lesson that you might not normally feel comfortable teaching because you're like, well, my money's not straight. And it's like, I got you. And like, I got you and your baby. So I'm just, honestly, one of the things I'm most proud of. It's amazing. I mean, like we talked about this at length. I think we talked on the phone for like an hour and a half the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. And we, we shared a lot of the, you know, ideas and, and things that um, we wanted to do. And that that just was so amazing to me because it's really how you change the world, right? Is by changing the lives of these children and what they're going to grow up knowing and understanding that their parents didn't understand. That, l- listen, parents going to be reading, reading uh, Mally Moore, have a birthday, and they're going to be like, oh, I just learned something too <laughs> in this four-sentence book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because, yeah. Because <laughs> you just explained what the book was about. I was like, ooh, a gem. <laughs> like, you no, know? for real. So that, that's, that's really amazing. And I found out, like, I was like, wow, look at this alignment. Because I just, like, I think we were talking about, like, our word for the year's alignment. Yeah. Um, and so I, I posted it on, on my social media channel. And um, and a woman in the comments was like, you know, I'm from Kenya. Do you know what Molly means in Swahili? And I was like, no. She's like, girl, Molly means wealth. I'm like, no, it don't. What? Right? I didn't know. M-A-L-I, yes. And I was like, wow, I didn't... Oh, girl, I'm just getting goosebumps because when you are in alignment, <laughs> yep. I'm telling you, the world opens up to you and things happen exactly as they ought to be. It was so much so when she said it, I knew instantly that the next book was going to be called What Does Molly Mean? Mm. And that I was going to use Molly to illustrate to children how wealth can be expressed in more than more ways than just money. Yeah. Like I can show that wealth means love, wealth means hugs and kisses. Wealth does mean money, but it also means giving and sharing. But I already know the second book is going to be What Does Molly Mean? And I'm excited to do so. Wow. Well, I'm excited for you and I can't wait to see it because, like I said, you are changing lives. You're changing the world, not just 
you know, when it comes to finances, but really in just education, which is, you know, incredible and, and kudos to you for that for sure. And a lot of that really comes from just changing. Like we talked about the, you know, the mindset of most people, which is something that I've worked on for many years. Um, which is why I talk so much about manifesting and affirmations and changing the way you think about things, because really, like you said, what, what you're constantly focusing on is what you're going to get. And, and the same goes for money, your thoughts, your relationship, your behaviors to money are, is just going to keep giving you that same thing, you know, so you have to change it. You have to make, you know, make the change for, for yourself, for your children, for, you know, your grandchildren or whatever, you know? And my no, girl Tiffany is doing it. You know what I'm saying? And doing it big. <laughs> well, you know, when you arrive, I'm telling you, you have to be mindful about being around those people because, you know, you, you are the sum total of the five people you spend the most time with. So being mindful, like you, if you're wanting to grow business, are you hanging out with other entrepreneurs? Like Mimi pushes me to be better. I, I'm always asking for advice, Like, okay. And I'm not sensitive about like, what did you say? I'm like, oh, girl, good. Read me. What do I need to do better? Okay, let me fix it. Because it's important that you're open to feedback from people who know. Now, like, I'm not, you know, I don't take advice from, I don't take rich advice from broke people. Mm. Right? So, meaning, like, if your hair's not laid, please don't tell me what to do with mine. Right? Right? If you're, you know, if you know, like, if you, if you over there coughing, don't tell me talking about, like, yeah, and this is how I stay healthy, like, this. Right? Right. So, like, every... You don't have to be an expert in all things, but I know that when I'm seeking advice about specific things, I look to someone who has successfully accomplished the thing in this category that I want to do. Right. And so it's important that you have amazing people in your life, but that you're open to receiving the feedback so you can do better. Because if you have good people in your life, they're not, they're not you know, when Mimi's sharing stuff with me, it's because she's like, girl, I know you can do better, plus I want to see you win. And I want to see her win too. Right, right, right. And that that's that's how it's supposed to be, right? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> one hand helps the other, not not the other way around. People yeah. have this impression that you're supposed to not help people because then it's somehow going to keep you from realizing whatever dream it is that you want to do, you know. And I'm always yelling in the other direction, like, no, like the more people you help, the more people help yes. you. <laughs> yes, the quickest way to a bag is to let somebody else or help somebody else get their bag. Okay, okay, talk about it. Shit. <laughs> Listen, I give everybody um, an actionable to do um, every episode. So it's something that they can do to start changing whatever topic I'm talking about at the moment. So since today we're talking about money, what is one small actionable to do that they can start doing today? One small actionable. Hmm. I would say that if you don't already, I would open up a separate checking account specifically for your bill at the current bank that you have. If you don't already use that, that's, that's going to make a tremendous difference. And if you're like, oh, I got that already, mm-hmm. great. Then you, part two people, will open up a savings account at an online-only bank and set up an automation to that savings account. It's even better if you don't even let the money hit your traditional bank account. And you go to your job, if you have a job, and say, hey, don't even give me all my money in this one account. Split it before I get it. Okay, split it. Ooh, split it before you, want you get, get it. it, girl. Mm-hmm. New t-shirt. And have that money. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then have to split into your savings account already. So so let's just say you get paid like this for the sake of now. A hundred bucks a month. And you're like, I want to save 20 bucks a month. So your job can put a 80 bucks in one account and 20 bucks in your savings account. Mm-hmm. So those, that's, your, that's your homework is to open up 
um, bank accounts that are in alignment with your goals. A bills account, if you don't have one, and a savings account and an online-only bank. Yes. And I'm going to list all of the apps that uh, you talked about in this episode in the show notes okay. so people can go and check it out, um, you know, to sort of help them get get started. Tiffany, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's such, such a good time every time that I talk to you. And so thank you for imparting all of your wisdom to my listeners today. You're welcome. I love teaching. <laughs> the kids used to call me, the babies used to call me Miss Tiffany. Miss Tiffany, Miss Tiffany. I still feel like I'm Miss Tiffany, teaching the world how to be better. There you go. What better way to leave you guys today than with that? Thank you, Tiffany. Guys, remember that we have a Facebook group if you want to join. Um, the, the link is in the show notes. It's just a really great place for you guys to gather and talk with like-minded folks, either starting a business, growing a business, or thinking about starting a business. Make sure you follow on Instagram at business shit and at Mimi G style. And I will have all of the information on how you can follow Tiffany and also, uh, information on the live richer Academy in case you guys are interested in educating yourselves. And thank you for listening. And remember that in order for your business to succeed, it must be the shit. It needs to solve a problem, help them get past their current stage, earn respect and build trust. I'm out.